Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back into another episode of Believe in the ATP Tour. I'm your host, Jacob Sersosimo, and today you are listening on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. A lot of tennis to talk about today and a lot of talk about one man in particular that is unbelievable at his job and unbelievable in the sport of tennis, and that is Novak Djokovic. We'll, we will get into that a little bit later, but let's start out with the tournament that he was playing in. We'll get to his result here in a bit, and that is the the Rolex Paris Masters, which he was the one seed in, and this tournament was stacked. Like most Masters 1000s, most Masters 1000s get a a good turnout. They get a lot of big names because they are, one, they have a lot of points in it. Two, they're usually bigger tournaments, so there's bigger crowds. There's, you know, more eyes on it, so these bigger players want to play in it. And three, there, there's more money in it for these guys. And so, I mean, these are just under Grand Slams. So these players want to play in this tournament. Let's go through the seeds. One seed, Novak Djokovic. Two seed, Daniil Medvedev. Three seed, Stefano Tsitsipas. Four seed, Alexander Sverev. Five seed is Andre Rublev. Kasper Ruud is a six seed. Seven seed is Hubie Hercoch. Number seven or number eight seed is Yannick Sinner. Nine seed is Felix Ogier-Aliassime. And 10 seed is Cam Nori. So the names in this turn, I mean, you go down the list. You have Dimitrov, Monfils, Batista, Gut, uh, Karatsev. They're all in this tournament. Karina Busta, they're all in this tournament. So all eyes were on this tournament, especially the top four. You look at the top four guys in this tournament, you're going to go Djokovic, Medvedev, Tsitsipas, Zverev. Those guys themselves are going to bring in, you know, good crowds and people marquee matches that people, people really want to see. When you look at who's not in it, that are like you think these names are big and they are very big, but there's even bigger names that are going to be coming in 2021 that we talked about last week. You look at Rafa's going to come back, he's going to be in a top four scenario, top five scenario like this at Masters 1000s and at the Australian Open come in January, late January. And then you got guys like Dominic Team is planning to come back. I mean, the talent in tennis right now at the top is remarkable, and there's names up there that are going to be staples in this sport. For a while, and Djokovic has been there for a while, and it's insane that he is still at the top the way he is. Now, let's get through the bracket a little bit. I mean, what a tournament this was, and I think Masters 1000s are always unbelievable tournaments. Obviously, Indian Wells this year probably didn't go up to the standards that it probably would have if you know Djokovic and Nadal and Fed were playing in it, and that opened the door for some youngsters to play well, and really opened the door for Cam Nori to win that tournament, but there were some great matches in this tournament, and I want to start with one that wasn't necessarily a great match. Popperin moves past Stefano Tsitsipas in the second round because Tsitsipas retires in that match, but let's look at like Felix Ogier-Aliassime. He's the nine seed. He gets beat by Dominic Kopfer out of Germany. That's a big win after Kopfer beats Andy Murray. That's another big win. So Murray goes from, or Kopfer goes from beating Murray to beating Felix Auger-Aliassime. And then you move down a little bit farther, and you got guys like, uh, I mean, Grigor Dimitrov was probably supposed to be supposed to beat Hachinov, but Hachinov beating him, that's a massive upset. And then I think one of the biggest upsets of this tournament, especially at this time in the year, is Yannick Sinner losing to Carlos Alcaraz. Now, our Alcaraz, Carlos Alcaraz, played well in the U.S. Open. He's played well 
at the second half of this year. But Yannick Sinner, he's in the race to Turin right now. He's looking to move up in the ranks a little bit so he can be at that year-end tournament that is the ATP Finals. You would expect him in this tournament to make a big run. He had a bye first round, then moves into play Alcaraz and loses to Alcaraz. So a massive loss for Yannick Sinner and his campaign to make it to Turin. And that might be you know, the biggest, the biggest mistake in his journey to try to get to the Nito ATP finals. This might be the deciding factor that Yannick Sinner doesn't make it to the finals now because of that loss to unseeded Alcaraz. You keep it moving, going down the line. Um, Sebastian Corda had a decent tournament. Obviously, he wins three matches. He beats Karatsev, which is a massive win for Sebastian Corda. Then he goes on and he beats Chilich, who Chilich just won in St. Petersburg. So that's another big win for Korda. But then he runs right into Daniil Medvedev. What are three matches in a row? That is hard for Korda to get past. Uh, Karina Busta, he lost to Hugo Gaston. That's a big loss because Karina Busta, 12 seed. Gaston, qualifier. That tells you the type of parity that is in this tournament. But really, there's not a whole lot of parity in the sport of tennis because you look at who is in the semifinals. It is Novak Djokovic, Hubie Hercoc, Alexander Sverev, and Daniil Medvedev. And Hercoc, he might be an outlier there, but he's been playing some unbelievable tennis as of late. But you also look at the side of the bracket that Hercoc came out of, and it is the Stefano Tsitsipas side where he had to you know, get out of the tournament because he retired. So um, he couldn't finish that match, and that's how Hercoc, he had to play James Duckworth, and Duckworth was unseated coming into this tournament. So he had to play Duckworth coming in to you know, the, the quarterfinals, which... Hercoc went by him in five sets or three sets. It was close, but nothing like nothing nothing like Novak Djokovic was going to see if he saw Sitsipas in that semifinals. Now he actually beats Hercoc in three sets in a close tiebreaker. But nevertheless, Novak Djokovic knows how to beat people when they go to the distance, and that's exactly what he does. And Novak Djokovic makes the final. And Daniil Medvedev, this was kind of shocking. He rolled by Alexander Sverev, rolled by him in the semis. 6-2-6-2. That is nothing you would expect from that type of match. You would not expect Daniil Medvedev to beat Alexander Sverev, especially how well Sverev is playing right now. You would never expect Daniil Medvedev to lose 6-2, 6-2. But he does. So we go to the final, right? Novak Djokovic had a little bit more wear on his tires moving into the final just because of how he played Hercoc and how he had to go with, uh, well, he beat Monfils with a walkover. So he went three sets, though, early, earlier in the tournament against Fucevic, though. So, you know, a little bit more wear on the tires for Novak Djokovic. And he beats Dino Medvedev in three sets, 4-6, 6-3, 6 And this is what we all expected to happen at the U.S. Open, was, you know, Djokovic maybe go the distance with Medvedev. And that didn't happen at the U.S. Open, as everybody knows. Novak Djokovic loses and doesn't get the career Grand Slam. But this is what a lot of people expected out of Djokovic, was a performance like he performed against Daniil Medvedev in Paris. But obviously, pressure gets to him. He is human. He talks about this in an interview he did in Paris, where he talks about the pressure that was mounting. Yeah, he'd won four Grand Slams in a row. I believe it was in the 2015 and 2016 season. But it wasn't a calendar Grand Slam. It was four in a row, but it was like later in the year, right? Like he didn't win the Australian Open, and then... You know, you win a few and then you win the ice. It wasn't in a calendar year, January to December. So there wasn't the pressure that there was on this match. And not only that, but you put together the fact that he could get, you know, more grand slams than Rafa and Roger in this match. And he's not playing anyone that's a walkover. He's playing Daniil Medvedev, who gets to every ball, who makes points really, really long, and who can, you know, 
be really, really good in times of need. And that's what he does is Daniel Medvedev plays really, really well when he needs it the most just because how scrappy he is as a tennis player. And he showed that he just played decent at the U.S. Open final. And that's what all that's all he needed that day when he played Novak Djokovic. Now, fast forward to the Paris final. This is a little bit more of what we would expect from a match like this. Yes, Djokovic win, but Djokovic win, you know, in a little bit of a grinder, make that three sets in Paris. But nevertheless, Novak Djokovic goes on to win his 37th Masters 1000 title. And let me remind you, Rafa and Roger fans, you still say those two are the GOAT, which I'm not arguing with you. I think um, this grants more of a conversation when it comes to goat talk but let's just go masters 1000 titles in general that is a record as he has more masters 1000 titles than rafa and roger roger has 28 rafa has 36 masters 1000 titles and now novak djokovic has 37 and i remember when they tied and it was 36 36 for these two and they're like ooh who's going to do it and they were tied there and they were tied at grand slam titles and i know novak djokovic couldn't get the grand slam title um to go one more at the us open which we've already talked about in this podcast and millions and millions and millions of times before i swear um but he does now have more masters 1000s titles than rafael nadal and he's already had more than Roger Federer. Now, total titles on the tour, that goes with Grand Slam, Nito ATP Finals titles, and Masters 1000s. Novak Djokovic has 62. And then when you go to Grand Slam titles with Olympics and Masters 1000, uh, Rafael Nadal has 56. And then if you go Nito ATP Finals, Masters 1000, and Grand Slams, the total for Roger Federer is 54. So... That's kind of what we got rolling in the world of Novak Djokovic. I mean, he is unbelievable. And with this win and making it that far in Paris, Novak Djokovic also added something else to his resume. He now ends the 2021 year as the year-end number one. He will be the... He will be number one when the t- when the clock turns midnight on December 31st and it becomes 2022. So what does that mean for Novak Djokovic? Well, that means that's another record. Um, that he's going after. He That is his seventh time he's been a year-end number one. That is the most ever, and this is according to ATP Media Info on Twitter. I just found these guys the other day. Unbelievable. So that is, that is a first, right? Seven times. He's been number one in the world for 345 weeks. That's a first. That's a record. He has 20 Grand Slam titles, which is tied with first, which is Rafa and Roger, which we've talked about before. Um, he has 37 ATP Masters 1000 titles, which is the most ever. Uh, he has five Nito ATP ATP Finals titles. That's tied for second with Lendell and Sampras. And then he has 85 overall titles, which is fifth in the open era. I think Roger Federer's up there somewhere. I think he's got like 100. Um, but Novak Djokovic, I mean, you can't undermine what this guy's doing for a sport. And I tweeted this out the other day. I said something like, there's no other sport that is like tennis right now. And I've talked about this before on this podcast and in general before, but I just said there's no other sport that has three of their best goats playing at the same time and playing at a high level. Like you can if you get Jordan, Kobe and LeBron in their primes, they're like that'd be magical, right? Well, tennis has that right now. Tennis has all three of their tennis goats playing at a very 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 high level right now and currently so it's entertaining to watch who I don't think we'll ever see this before ever again but that is just what we're watching when we're watching Novak Djokovic 
play at such a high level right now on the tour. Now let's move on from that tournament a little bit. I talked about center losing. That was a big deal. Alcaraz having a good tournament. We'll talk about that with the next-gen finals coming up here in a second. But I do want to talk about one more person who has officially qualified for the Nito ATP finals in Turin, and that is Casper Ruud. Casper Ruud's had a great year, and I think he really turned it on when he got to the hard courts in America, and that kind of showed him that he is a hard court player because he's traditionally been just a clay court guy. He's been really good on clay, but it hasn't translated over to grass or hard court. Now it has. And he has made the Nito ATP Finals. I think that's phenomenal for him. I think he needs to be more of a household name in the sport of tennis. I don't think he necessarily gets the publicity and never, you know, doesn't get the recognition that he deserves as he's coming up through the ranks and making a really big push. And he did make it to Turin. Um, I just think he's kind of a quiet guy, which doesn't help his status as being more publicly known in the sport of tennis. But he's definitely someone that if I'm giving you advice to watch someone coming up, I think you got to watch, you know, Casper Rude, because I think he is unbelievable, and he has a very, very, very bright future when it comes to the sport of tennis and professional tennis, and this could be just one of many times that he makes it to the Nito ATP Finals in Turin. All right, let's move on. Do anybody remember last week when I talked about, I think it was last week or the week before that, when I talked about Holger Rune and him not being able to go up in the rankings, and that was kind of frustrating for him just because of the whole COVID stuff and how everything happened there? Well, he has won another Challenger Tour event. Uh, he has four Challenger Tour titles, um, and he joins his name into a list of players that have aged 18 and under with four ATP Challenger titles. He's in there with Burdich, Gasquet, Alcaraz, Ojeel Yassim, just to name a few of players that have four or more ATP Challenger titles. And I think it's only a matter of time between he before he goes up in the ranks. We just talked about Rude, and this is Rune. And I think both of them will be great in the ranks of the ATP once they finally get up in there and can start doing some things. Let's go to, since we're talking about youngsters, let's go to the next-gen finals, which is the best players under the age of 21. They meet in Milan for the next-gen finals. And I don't know all these names in here. I really don't because sometimes these youngsters come out of nowhere. But the biggest names in here, Carlos Alcaraz is playing in this. Sebastian Corda is playing in this. Lorenzo Musetti is playing in this. Uh, Hugo Gaston, who I just talked about, he's playing in this. Um, and Holger Rune, he is also playing in this next-gen uh, titles. So some notable names that have come out of this. Uh, you look at Stefano Tsitsipas has come out of this. Uh, he's been a champion here, and so is Yannick Sinner. And it's kind of funny because uh, Stefano Tsitsipas, I believe, won the next gen, and then the next year, the year after that, he won the Nito ATP Finals. And everyone was kind of hoping that would happen with Yannick Sinner. And I don't know if it's going to happen this year because he might have just screwed himself the way he played in Paris uh, and lost that match to Alcaraz. But... He is going to be definitely, definitely, definitely somebody to watch moving forward that could possibly win the year-end tournament that is the ATP Finals. All right, we're wrapping this thing up. Um, let's go to some tournaments that are coming forward. Uh, Stockholm, that's an ATP 250. That's coming up here in a sec. And then it's really the next-gen ATP Finals, which starts on the 9th of uh, November, and then on the 14th of November starts the Nito ATP Finals. So we'll rip into all of that next week for sure about what exactly is going down at the Nito ATP Finals and what we need to watch for. In this Stockholm tournament coming up, the ATP 250, it looks like Yannick Sinner is trying to make a last-second run 
to try and make the NITO ATP Finals. He's the number one seed in this tournament. Really good names in this tournament. FAA is in this tournament. You look at Shapo's in this tournament. There are some good names in this tournament. Uh, Tiafo, Mackenzie McDonald, the American, Daniel uh, Daniel Evans, Taylor Fritz, Tommy Paul, Andy Murray. So Andy Murray could play Yannick Sinner in the second round. Yannick Sinner needs to win this tournament hands down. I don't know if he even still has a chance. It's a big math equation to make it to the Nito ATP Finals, but we'll see. Uh, other than that, I think we're going to run through the player rankings real quick uh, just to give you a look at where everyone's at. Obviously, Djokovic, Med. Medvedev at the top, and then it goes Sverev, Tsitsipas, Rublev, Nadal, who's not playing in the Nito ATP Finals, and then it goes Berrettini, Rude, Hercoc, Sinner. And I think, I think that uh, Nadal's not playing in the ATP Finals, and so that leaves one more space because I think Rublev, Berrettini, Rude, Tsitsipas, Sverev, Medvedev, and Djokovic are all in, and I think there's eight spots. So that leaves either Hercoc or Yannick Sinner will make the year-end tournament. Uh, we've talked about the year-end tournament so much. We'll dive more into it next week because it'll be much closer, and we'll actually probably hopefully get some pairings and some people will clinch by this time next week. But other than that, I think I think that's what we got rolling right now in the tennis world. Djokovic stays on top, hits some big milestones with that 37th Masters 1000 win that he got in Paris this week, and he'll be ever entertaining to watch through the rest of the year. The rich just keep getting richer. Novak Djokovic wins another tournament, breaks another record. It's still amazing. It doesn't make any sense. He's getting old. The big three are getting old, and they're still dominating. It's the same topic we've been talking about for a while, but it's exactly what's happening in the world of tennis. Thank you for listening. You can reach out to Believe at Believe Podcast, both on Instagram and Twitter, at me, at Jacob Sersosimo, both on Instagram and Twitter. I appreciate it. Big tournaments around the corner. Year's coming to an end. Happy holidays. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.